It's Monkey Island meets Rambo in Codename Hell Squad on Amigos, episode 358. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're going to be talking about Codename Hell Squad. Oh, good God. That's the It may be the best-named game we've ever played, but I love it. Aaron, Aaron did you ever have a code name? I did. Well, I mean, it, do you mean like a, like on the BBSs I had an No, I, that's, I'm talking about like this has to be like either something your friends called you when you were playing like Spy or when you had a fort or something. You mean like Jack or, Black? <laughs> or whatever name you used on the old CB. Well, I didn't. I never used the CB my whole life. Oh. So I mean, I mean, my dad had one. So I guess I didn't have a code name. Now think about it. Uh, I never. I never. My friends all called me names that I don't want to say on here. But they weren't what I would call code name. They were being. They were jerks. You know. <laughs> Did you have a code name? You know, I always wanted one. I was thinking about something cool like Winger. Ooh, like Kip Winger. Remember him? Yeah. Yeah, he's or not like cool. the band. You don't have the Winger. hair to pull off a Kip Winger. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because he's got that beautiful long hair he used to anyway. Uh, mm-hmm. If I was going to come up with my own like cool code name, I'd want to be. I want. I want something like uh, uh, Shuriken Bill or something. So the, it's got to. <laughs> it's got to be a weapon and then a generic name. You know. <laughs> you know. How about I, I, got I, I read. Glaive Dave. This, That's what I want to be. I once read this humorous article about how to sing the blues. Yeah. And what you what you have to do is you have to come up your your jazz or your blues name is the first the first part is a physical ailment. Yeah. The second part is a fruit, and the third part is a dead president. Like so you got to have something like lame mango Jefferson. I was thinking blind lemon Kennedy. <laughs> There you go. You're a blues. I like it. I like it. And I'm going to remember that. That sounds like a good way to generate D and D names, but. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Aaron. Well, you know, it's been, it's been a busy week in the week of Amiga news. So why do you say we dive right in and talk about what's been going on, man? Dive in brother. Amiga news. Of course, Aaron, the news of the week is that we managed to survive the event that was Bootfest. Yes, we did. We made it back in one piece. Everybody that came out made it back home safe. Uh, we're going to do a separate show, just kind of uh, uh, summing up Bootfest. So uh, be on the lookout for that. We're not really going to talk about it on Amigos. Uh, but it does lead us on to our other big summer event. Uh, Amigathon, Aaron, is coming up. And uh, one month from today, one oh, month from today. That's, uh, that's so scary close, but <laughs> you know, Amigathon this year, we're going to kind of, you know, we, I, I kind of felt like you and I both felt we really pushed things as far as we could last year in terms of involving, you know, the huge stars of YouTube, Amiga Bill and Ash said hi, and plus the TSI, all those guys. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and so what we're doing is we're bringing it all back home. With Amigathon 2022, this is going to be right. an old school 12 hours of solid Amiga action with you, me, and the Brent. Aaron, tell us how it's going to go down. You know, I will say, I, and Bo can attest. Last year, I, I like these long gaming events. Um, now there's a limit <laughs> as we as we discuss, <laughs> we hit the wall a few years ago. But 
I do like to sit down and play long events. I just enjoy it. It's fun for me. And if you can raise a few bucks, uh, all the better. And you can even ask Boat last year. I was like, man, this is great, but I, boy, I sure miss those long events. And so this year, the build-up to Boat Fest, I mean, it was all-encompassing, all, all hands-on-deck. Uh, I mean, it was t total uh, devotion to the to the gig. And so I, me and Boat, because Boat's a planning machine, but my God, the guy's not made of stone. He's got to take a break. I said, listen, why don't we just do an old-school Amigathon this year where we play games, have a good time, and raise money. I said, you know, and Boat agreed with this. I mean, this year, we're doing a Megathon this year under circumstances where, uh, the, you know, stuff's more expensive. It's tougher times, you know. I was like, you know, let's, I don't want people to think every year that they got to give more and more. Let's just, like, give, people can give what they can. Let's take it down a few notches, have an old school Megathon. That's what we're going to do. I'm looking forward to it, Boat. Uh, I think mm -hmm. it'll be a lot of fun. We're going to do it from a couple different venues, you know, and uh, I think it'll be uh, a good time, and we're looking to raise uh, some good money for our friends over at the Children's Miracle Network boat. That's right. That's right. So you can head on over, new URL this year, head on over to bit.ly slash Amigathon 2022, and uh, you can donate. Uh, we already have a, a couple uh, people right out of the gate throwing some bucks toward the Amigathon. So we appreciate all those fine folks. Yes, thank you. And, um, but, uh, you know, even if you're not able to give this year, like you said, times are tough. If you just want to turn out, we'll be streaming the whole event live, twitch.tv slash Amigos Retro Gaming. That's right, Boat. All right, Aaron. Coming up next, the old news story. Chris Edwards bought an Amiga 4000 for someone. Okay. Wow. He bought it for someone? I uh, nice. I watched this today. Okay, I've seen because this one yet. I, I'm all about watching Chris uh, when he gets a new computer. Yeah, and uh, what he did was he bought this for uh, one of his patrons. Okay. Oh wow. Uh, his patron is going to repay him, but it's one of those deals where I think uh, Chris had an opportunity, and he was like, "Does somebody want this?" I don't know the story. Chris, Chris can fill us in on the Discord. But anyway, he ended up with this thing. His job is to fix it up and then pass it along, as it were. And so he's up to his his normal great, you know, sort of com running commentary as he looks at the various things. And, you know, you forget, the last time I saw an Amiga 4000 was in Ireland a couple years ago, and you forget yeah. what a beast these things are. These yeah. things are major league computers. Yeah, I agree. And there, I, we had one that was heavy. And it was, I mean, don't get me wrong, it's funny at the time I wasn't, didn't appreciate it as much as I would now, uh, but they're heavy computers and they're, they're, uh, you know, these things are aging and I'm sure I don't have, mm -hmm. uh, Chris is probably going there and just doing the usual preventative steps it would take. You're, I like the fact that he found a, uh, an angle to, to get someone set up. Uh, Chris is a good guy. He really, he does a lot of free repairs and stuff. You know, uh, it's. I wish. I sure wish he could have made it down the boat, because he's not too far from us. Oh Hopefully yeah. Next time he gets down here. Hopefully next time. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, good stuff. Hey, uh, anytime someone wants to give me an Amiga four thousand, look me up, brother. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on up. Our next video is a. Uh, this is not that one. Down a little bit. This is Duck Storma. This is a charming Amiga platformer uh, that has uh, has come out the uh, now. This is this is a little bit misleading, okay? Because the ZX Spectrum and MSX versions of this game have been released, but I actually went on here because I was like, "Listen, charming Amiga platformer, sign me up, man!" Yeah, you love charming. So, you love this. yeah. 
So I, I, I went to this guy's uh, itch page, and it, it, I, it turns out that only the Amiga, the, the, there's an Amiga version available, but it's just the demo, at least that I could find. Maybe I didn't, wasn't clicking in the right place. Uh, but I did give this thing a, a go, and I will say it's, it's very charming. It looks it's, very, it's very, yeah. it's very Spectrum-like. Uh, it's if if you wonder what a Spectrum game would look like with you know an Amiga coat of paint on it, yeah. even the sound in this game has that AY sound chip like sound. They managed to emulate that pretty well on the old Paula, and um, but it's a it's it's a game where you play as a small duck. You jump on enemies to kill them in the classic platformer fashion, but then you also have an egg that you lay, and the egg explodes. And you use the egg to kind of catapult yourself over obstacles and things like that. So it's pretty cool, pretty uh, unique game. Like I said, it's available on the ZX Spectrum and the MSX in addition to the Amiga. Um, I like it, man. I like it. You were talking about its relationship to the ZX. You could see even like the backgrounds, like the coloring of the bricks and stuff. You could tell that they uh, um, had that in mind to a certain degree. I like this looks nice. I mean, this looks mm-hmm. really good. I mean, I feel a, a game in our future boat, and it involves yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, Pixels of Dawn in the chat says the Amiga version is available. He bought it himself, so um, you can get the full version of this game. It is out, and uh, and like I said, it, it controlled well. It controlled well. I ran it on uh, UAE. Did did just fine. Dude, we got this one. Might be, we got to put this on the list. Good find there, yeah. boat. Very good find, man. Looks great. All right, Aaron. Our next story. Comes to us from uh, one of the biggest names in the uh, Amiga YouTube scene, uh, Mr. Wood, Dan Wood, who has come out with a video. This is just a couple days old. Today is Aeros the future of Amiga. Talk about a headline. That's what you want to name your YouTube video. Um, I know my response to that. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) but maybe. Heck, I don't know. Does Dan talk into a boat? Well, you know, you you kind of have to uh, you kind of have to watch the video to get his take on it. I will say that this is not just your clickbaity headline. He really goes into the whole history of the Amiga's alternative operating systems, including OS four point one, which we saw at the uh, at Boat Fest yes. with Level Lord and his uh, X five thousand. He also talks a little bit about Morphos. The uh, the the uh, the Power PC the uh, Mac wizard. Mini yeah. based thing. Um, and, uh, and so, and then he says, well, then there's also this thing called AROS and AROS is what I think it's most famous for is sort of a kickstart replacement, uh, that you can use to, uh, to launch games if you don't have the official kickstart disc, mm. but it's also a fully fledged operating system that's essentially being developed by one person. Oh man! So uh, this is you know another example of you know a, 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 an operating system just like your your Linux or your Windows or whatever, uh, but it you know it's 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 you know another fork if you will of that classic Amiga operating system. Now I will say that Dan ran into some problems uh, doing some web browsing. Uh, he was not able to get YouTube to load properly or Google Docs. Uh, you know, those are pretty, pretty uh, powerful websites, uh, but the the more simple websites he was able to get to work, as you can see, he's moving things around here on the desktop. Um, would you would you want to use this, uh, you know, in place of your Windows setup? Probably you would probably be left wanting, but if you're the type of person that likes to tinker around with these uh, operating systems and see, you know, what, you know, the Amiga could have grown into if given the opportunity... This is probably something that you want to check out. 
You know, I lo I will say I haven't watched this shit, but I love Dan's stuff. It's funny, Dan and Ravi. It's no wonder that uh, their show is so successful because they're both great. They're both great at producing videos. I just watched one where Ravi goes through uh, the uh, uh, vintage computers East. I don't know if you saw that one. It was really interesting if you get a chance to catch that one. They both do good stuff, and Dan has a has been doing this thing recently where he looks at OSs. You know, he did one on like I was like Windows ninety eight or something, and I, and I like his stuff. In terms of whether this is something you'd want to use on a daily basis, the fact that one guy is slaving away on this is mind-boggling. Uh, the fact that it's gotten as far as it has is impressive. Having looked at what we looked at at BoatFest, that was really the first time I got to sit down and tool with something like that. You can see the appeal, uh, and if you're into that sort of thing, you could get into it. Uh, I don't... I don't see this as a future of anything, but then again, you never know, man. Someone might get into it. I don't know, but uh, I'm definitely going to check this out. I like what Dan does. Yeah, yeah. All right, and that's going to do it for this week's Amiga News, Aaron. Good stuff, Boat. Now, before we move on to our game of the week, we should talk about the fine, fine folks up north, RetroRewind.ca. Absolutely. You know, lots of people ask, what can Retro Rewind do for me? And I respond, what can't they do for you? <laughs> because they offer so many services <laughs> yeah. that are so valuable to anybody who's into our hobby. And these things include, you know, offering you diagnostic equipment so you can identify the problems with your machine, uh, giving you uh, a lot of repair parts, you know, everything from cap kits to replacement coin cell batteries, uh, lots of things like that. And then if you're not handy, uh, they will actually, they offer a repair service where they go in and they will fix your machine for you and they will uh, tell you what's wrong with it and they'll get it so you can, you can get back to using it. But that's not all, you know, there's more to having, there's more to being into vintage computers than to just having a working machine. You got to be able to do stuff with it, right? So, say you've got a Coco, you know, say you just got a Coco 3 on eBay and it's not working so good, you know. So, you send it up to Frank, Frank fixes it, he sends it back to you, he puts the old 6309 in it. That's what I had done to my Coco when we were up there at Boat Fest. Frank was there, he put the, slapped that bad boy in there for me. Well, you're going to want to run games on that guy, and the best way to do that is with the Coco SDC. The Coco SDC is the flash solution for the Tandy color computer, um, and uh, you can hook that up. Now, you might ask yourself, why are you talking about all this Coco stuff on an Amiga show? Nothing for that. I just started talking about it because I, I just, just saw it on the page. But Stop everything that I said goes, <laughs> this, it's the same thing with the Amiga. Trust me. You know, Check it out. RetroRewind.ca. Not to tip our hand on our, our Boat Fest flashback, but while we're talking about Frank, I will say this. This should put it in perspective. Uh, if you're a member of our Discord and we're at Boat Fest, it's more than likely that you brought something to have Frank look at or you bought something from Frank. Almost everyone <laughs> there did, and Frank fixed stuff continuously the entire time he was there and almost non-stop i, I should probably talk about the amiga that i brought there to have him fix yeah <laughs> instead of the coco so yeah. yeah he totally fixed he had to reflow my uh my poly chip <laughs> if you yeah. can believe it yeah uh so he you know he he did he did what was necessary and he fixed my he fixed my uh uh vectrix he he also uh was uh had a bunch of stuff for sale and i want to mention this Amongst the thing, and Boat mentioned a lot of good stuff, but if you're an Amiga fan, listen, people are raving about the A630. Uh, the second mm -hmm. revision's out. 
he can't keep these on the shelves, and that's a shoot boat, as you know. Uh, so if you're interested in getting this uh, very Ballyhooed accelerator for your Amiga 600, uh, order it today. Now is the time. And boat, they can get this thing at a big discount, can't they? That's right. If you use promo code AMIGOS10 when you check out, you can save 10% off any order you make. So, I mean, 10%, that is not a small amount of money. So, make sure that you head on over to RetroRewind.ca and uh, look at what they've got. They've got stuff you like, I promise. Right on, on boat. All right, Aaron, let's dive into some code name Hell Squad. Oh, man. Now, listen. I don't like to, to uh, gush on a game. Okay, uh, and I'm not going to fully gush on this, but I will say this: when you fire this game up, it's number one. It's named Code Name Hell Squad. <laughs> There's a curse right in there, right? That's right. We've got to we've got to make this video. This uh, one's this one's for the teens, Aaron. That's right. Code Name Hell Squad. That's an awesome. Remember, name. remember when WWE started being able to curse a little bit? Yeah, yeah. And so they just get up there and they just say they'd have a wrestler just stand up there and he'd go. Ass and everybody go crazy. Now, now when this game starts, a lot of games come up and you get to an intro. The end, this is an all time great CD TV level intro here. Yes, it's yes. ripe with crap. It's got kind of cheesy effects, stupid sound effects, horrible acting, nonsensical dialogue. Now the CGI like. is good. The, the CGI, CGI is the, good. The one second of CGI is quite good. <laughs> this has live action video at the beginning of this, complete with the guy's license too. plate too. Yeah, none, none of this postage stamp stuff. It's full screen FMV. And then the opening scene of this is a dude and his chick. They go out in the woods. Now this has got one of my all time favorite lines in everything I've ever seen. <laughs> they sit down to start making out in the woods. In the meantime, there's just like. Uh, the vision, like if you're the predator, right? It comes, keeps flashing up, you know? And they sit down in the woods, and it's time to start making out. And they're all into it. And the chick goes, wait a minute. He goes, she goes, I hear something. And the guy, a, a completely deadpan, says, uh, it's probably just a rat. And they just keep going. <laughs> if I said, if I thought there was a large rat nearby, I would not continue the makeout session. I can tell you that. <laughs> you relocate that makeout session. But the fact, the not that's that guy wanted to get into it. He's like, ah, oh, it's just a rat, you know. Well, and then they get they get uh, destroyed. They get killed, violently killed, vaporized. And then the next scene, there's a there's a dude. Remember when me and Brent did that Ti episode? And I wore that real tiny cowboy hat. This guy had a similar hat. <laughs> This investigator. He looks like the it biggest... was the only hat they had on. Look hand. at I mean, we're watching this. You can't see it at home. He looks like the biggest geek, but he's confronted by two other geeks. So this is like this is sort of like boat fest right here. It's happening right yeah, in front of it. Yeah. And so this local investigators ran off by the FBI. And by the way, these FBI agents had quite an accent on them when they came in. And they fish around in what remains of the dead uh, uh, makeout couple and find a car key. And then and then they. The movie flashes to a guy putting all his military garb on so, like Rambo. Let me, let, me fill, let me fill you in on what happens here. Yeah. Okay? So the FBI contacts an elite team of fighters. Yeah. They call in whenever this sort of thing happens. So the the, the docs lead you to believe that, they, <laughs> that this is not Codename Hell Squad's first rodeo. Yeah. Now, I looked into this. Let's just get back to the, to the particulars before I can get And by the way, I don't have a ton, but I've got a little. Okay? So, uh, Codename Hell Squad was released in the year 2000. 
Okay, so a a late release, needless to say. Yes. It was it was worked on much earlier than that in the mid '90s, and it was originally to be called Hell Pigs. Hell Pigs is a much crappier title, by the way. Uh, and so it, it, it the original publisher that I believe was called Vulcan. You know, live long and prosper. Good name. Uh, and then, but they they went out of business, and so it got picked up in the year 2000 by Digital Dreams Entertainment. Okay, uh, they also published Wasted Dreams. Now I'll look to see what the name of this this game, Wasted Dreams, are sort of they're like the same, uh, some of the same people. Uh, the developer of this, I looked up and saw two different things. Some people said the developer was also Digital Dreams Entertainment. Some people said the developer was called Classica. So you your mileage may vary. Uh, and uh, this game apparently they got they I, I think I think what happened was when the game got dropped, uh, it uh. uh it they uh, when when uh, digital entertainment picked them up digital Dreams entertainment they I think that's when they made the video I think they made those videos themselves and added them okay mm, okay I think uh, and so and then they and then they they got the game in, in, in a position to where you could actually uh to you could actually play the game okay uh so this game had like I said a, a kind of a wacky uh, uh, entrance into the Amiga. Now, according to Moby, and you can take this with a grain of salt, this they they say at the time this was the last commercial game released on the 500. So there you go. This is of course this is back the, the last day. commercial game released on the fi- the Amiga 500. Right. That's what that's what Moby claims. I'm just I thought like I'm gonna. What about that. the other Amigas? I don't know. Um, okay. It sounds like the person that wrote that didn't know what they were talking about. Hit this about. boat. So in '96, Classica, the developer, decided to deal with Vulcan to publish the game. Like I said, uh, then they were going to release this on CD and floppy. The cut and the floppy release of this was going to, with, and it didn't have the uh, FMV, right? Was going to be 22 discs. <laughs> oh yeah, I can totally believe it. Well, this is a huge game. They didn't release it on 20. They just released it on CD. But I do like the right. idea that they toyed with the thought of putting this out. Yeah, it is. I mean, it is interesting. If this was the last commercially released game on the Amiga 500, that uh, it would be one a CD-ROM game, and two, if this is OCS ECS, yeah. then what are we doing with AGA? Because well, this looks. I mean, there's a billion colors. So, in this. well, this thing up right. It basically ramps itself up depending on the computer you've got. So okay. Better machines with better memory get more get more jack. So, okay. Let's get into the game proper. The uh, uh, the concept, and I told Boat before the show, I'm going to try to pronounce these names. Concept, uh, and the producer, and the musician, the sound effect guy, all the same guy. Uh, his name is Thomas C. Jovanovic, uh, uh, and he's also joined by Demir Pet- Petkovic. Okay? not They're not from Hurricane, uh, yeah. by the way. Uh, this was coded by Thomas C. Kajanovic. Okay? So uh, the, the, some of these guys. It's also it's also worth noting that he did all the filming too. Yeah, some of these guys all... worked on Wasted Dreams, but not all of them. Okay, now we covered Wasted Dreams. Gosh, was it about two months ago? Boat? Does that sound about mm-hmm. right? It's been pretty recently, and it's it's very very similar to this in terms of the of the way it interfaced, the to a certain degree of the way the gameplay is right. Uh, uh, but this is they've taken it went in a different direction here. Uh, and 
So let's get into the game proper. But you want to since you were looked at the docs and whatnot, you want to jump jump in here and talk about what you're doing here. So the the story of this game doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, what? There is there's there's an alien that stole a ship and took it to Earth and just started like having fun killing people. And uh, and I think it was an alien teenager or something like that. And so, anyway, is that in the manual? Yeah, yeah. The <laughs> okay. the story is weird because <laughs> I never heard and any then, of that. <laughs> and then they call in, so they call in Code Name Hell Squad. Okay, Code Name Hell Squad is four uh, basically Rambo esque uh, mercenary type guys who are uh, heavily armed and uh, ready to quip one liners at you. Yes, they start right out of the gate, and they don't stop. This game. yeah, this game is a uh, is is a action uh, adventure hybrid in which you roam about a uh, an environment that is a pseudo three D environment, and that you do have some depth in the environment. But it's very similar to a Lucasfilm or Sierra point and click adventure. Yeah, uh, you have an inventory at the bottom of the screen. Uh, you see the uh, the health of your four um, squad members on the left, uh, and then the entire rest of the screen is is dedicated to you and your adventure. Yeah. Uh, what separates this from a uh, Lucasfilm adventure is the fact that you have a submachine gun that you can go to town with at any time. Yeah. Uh, and so there's an action element in this game, and that there are aliens that have landed. And uh, you have to take out the aliens, uh, and uh, so that is what you are doing in with your gun. Is there's they, you know they're aliens because they got green skin. They look a lot and, like uh, you, whenever, except green. Whenever they show up, you just uh, you shoot them with your gun until they die. And they start shooting at you the second that the screen appears. You yeah, find that out yeah. pretty quick. Now, what's funny is that the other people in this universe. Uh, are not affected by the aliens. They're doing their jobs. You'll see him there. There's a plumber. He's working on some stuff. And the aliens are around, but they they don't mess with him. They just know, hey, if it's Hell Squad, we got to destroy the, the him. The guy that so. runs the hardware store is another one. He's right. a sleeper. <laughs> right. You know, when this uh, when this kicked up, of course, this game, uh, it, you, I played this with a gamepad. Uh, you can also use the keyboard. But you have to use the keyboard for some stuff, but I played it with a gamepad. And it's interesting the way you interface with the game. It actually is... We talked about this with Wasted Dreams. I like the interface because it tells you when there's something to look at on the screen. It tells you when there's something to interact with. It tells you uh, what, you know, that it shows you what you got if you pick up something or interact with something. And it appears in your inventory at the bottom of the screen, which I like. If you want to, if you want to actually go down to the inventory, hit the space bar, and you can flip through the inventory with your arrow keys and then select what you want to select. Um, <clears throat> I like the interface. I like the interface with the with on the uh, squad too. This is a unique. I mean, have you ever seen a game that was quite? I mean, listen, it makes no sense. Let's when you put you've got four different guys in the Hell Squad. These unnamed guys, right? They they all look the same. They're just four guys. You can you can go through them with your function keys. All right, that's what I did. One, two, three, four. We'll switch the mm -hmm. different guys. That's how right? you do it. That's now, how you do it. Which is fine. The weird thing is they have a shared inventory. For example, mm -hmm. okay, I moved one of my Hell Squad guys early in the game into this alien lair, okay? And there's, I was looking around there trying to figure out what to do. And there was a machine there 
And what you're supposed to do is pour water on the machine out of a bottle, okay? I hadn't picked up the water. And I thought to myself, this is, this is before I even knew about the switching. I thought to myself, what a huge mistake this is. I've got to go all the way back to the very first screen to get this water all contraire. You can literally switch to your other guy who was on that screen. He can go over, fill up the bottle. You can switch back to the first guy. Now you've got a full bottle of water. It's almost like cheating in a way. Well, I mean, here's the thing. Does it make sense? No. No. Okay, but was I happy that I didn't have to do any stupid inventory swapping? Oh, yes. Yes, sir. So we are... I was wondering how you're going to fall on that. So we're in agreement. Shared shared inventory, it's a good thing. Every game needs it. Yeah, but I'll tell you something else. I wouldn't want to have four independent uh, inventories to deal with. Because if you yeah. have one guy that needs something, he could be across the map. You know? Right. And until you get to a certain point, you're not just going to be zipping all over this. It's a pretty big... It takes a while to get around uh, in this game. Now... Right out of the gate, you're going to notice that this game is irreverent with loads of cussing and loads of talking to, like, breaking the fourth wall. And I mean tons. The first thing I noticed is I ran across the screen to the end of the screen and the guy started complaining. He goes, oh, yeah, I guess they want me to tell you there's a bunch of trees and stuff here. But no, it's just the border of the screen. These cheap guys. And then a big hammer bonks him. He's like, like oh, Looney yeah. Tunes, like camera. Yeah. yeah, he goes, oh, look at all these pretty trees. <laughs> he changes his tune instantly, <laughs> which I found funny. And he'll, the guy will talk to you all the time. In fact, sometimes if you do, if you do something particularly clever, he's like, good job, you figured it out. I knew you'd do it. You're smart. And it's like, oh, okay, it's kind of cool. <laughs> uh, but uh, this game takes itself as non-seriously as you can physically take yourself. It, I mean, everything in it is stupid. I mean, the, the uh, every time you fight an alien. As you're shooting them, they just cuss continuously mm-hmm. until they die. And your guy cusses too when he's shooting his gun. That's right. It's a cuss anything. off. What did you think about all this? I mean, this I this game isn't necessarily for adults. Okay, I guess it is now because all that. But I mean, uh, they they could have not put that in here and still had the exact same game, couldn't they? I mean, honestly. Well, listen. This plus, game came out. This game came out in the year 2000. But yeah. say that it came out in like 1996 or 1997. Yeah. yeah. By this point in the game, the adventure, point-and-click adventure genre had been pretty well played out, okay? Yeah. So, it's good to have something that differentiates you from the rest of the pack, okay? I thought this was great. I, You know, I am not a fan of the cussing, you know? Yeah, you hate uh, that. But, in a game like this... Where it's just it's so it's so silly and so over the top that it just like I it just reminded me of some sort of like humorous action like a Jackie Chan movie or something like that you know um, this is a game that looks very very pretty yeah it's, it's a beautiful there, game yeah there's a wide variety of settings the world is huge and almost every scene has things that are animated. You know, for example, in the very first scene, yeah, in the very first scene, you have these pods that you that you land in. Later on in the game, you've got to break one of them open, and so when you when you break one of them open, uh, it actually shows like the glass shattering. You know, in a normal adventure game, you might not get that level of animation. Yeah, this game is a weird. It almost you know the characters are modeled almost 
like they're like sort of digitized, you know, it's like low res digitization, like yeah, a couple like, notches below. It's like a Mortal guy Kombat. that came out of NARC, you know what I'm saying? It's right. like, here he comes. I agree mm-hmm. with you. And I will say the uh, where there is animation, it's I mean, every scene has a tiny bit of animation. Maybe a street lights flickering or the or a, a birds are flying or something. But when you actually do stuff that to interact with the environment, like let's say you blow open a door or pry something open or something explodes, I mean it it's a beautifully done. Uh, they mm-hmm. do it. I mean the animation on what they do is real nice. Yeah. Uh, someone yeah. took some time and some uh, and had some good artistic. This is as beautiful a game of this style as you're going to find on the yes. Amiga. It looks. I it would looks go great. so. I would go so far to say. That this is the best looking adventure game, I think, on the system. I mean, if you take it from a, a clear, you know, from a purely artistic perspective in terms of like the fidelity of the backgrounds, yeah. the variety of the backgrounds, I don't think you're going to see something that looks better than this. Well, one thing this had that I, I'm, I'm not going to fight you on that. This game to to run this game, you had to have a minimum of sixty eight thousand CPU, no problem. ECS or AGA, no problem. And you had to have a minimum of three megs, two meg chip and a meg of fast RAM. So that's still not super huge uh, requirements to run the game, you know? So if you think about an, uh, uh, an Amiga 500 with three megs of memory and a CD ROM, uh, uh, that's not a huge uh, difference from what we've seen before. And But the graphic fidelity, like you said, is a marked improvement. So they took advantage of those lower specs to make this look nice uh and i and like i said the 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 animation they provide is often very attractive and they do this all the time while there's sound going on they've got some pretty nice musical cues that come up so this is this is a game where there's not sound all the time there's not music all the time but when it does come on it's very tastefully done it's very cinematic is the word that i would that's exactly you notice this too Uh, Mm -hmm. i agree I think that the, the music in this is... I mean, we talked about Lionheart last week. Lionheart has that has music on all the time. Nice mm-hmm. noble music, and it ramps up occasionally. This game goes a different route, and to get what the, and the route they go for this game works. Because in a game like this, you don't necessarily want music playing all the time. Because there's right. other stuff going on. And it also gives you more of an adventurous sense. If you're in a cave yeah. or something. But when music kicks up at certain times... You know you're into something, or you've triggered and, something, you've done something. And it's clear it's clear that the developers, because the music is cued by your location, it's clear that the developers put some again, they put a lot of thought into this. You know, yeah. it's just like when it, when you're when you're putting music into a movie, you know, you you want to start it at the exact right time. And that's what they've done here. Um there are scenes where you have to hack into different sorts of terminals and things. You've got to have and, certain uh, there, discs. That's why yeah, I, I, I mentioned that. And there's, there's, fun, you know, and again, there's, there's sometimes there's funny things that you see in there. Yeah. Um, early on in the game, you, you, you go into a terminal, and uh, at first you're, you disable the, uh, you disable the shield, and you're like, awesome, I disabled the shield. And then it says, okay, click here to dismantle the gun. And then it says, enter your psychic password. And I was like, psychic password? What's the deal with this? And I picked up the steel rod, and I was like, I wonder if I can just bash this thing with the steel rod. And sure enough, you see the guy's bam, bam, he's like, guns are off. 
<laughs> One thing so, I like about the it's in this game, the steel rod's like his favorite thing. I I got to use I didn't get super far into the game, but I did get the rod. And if you watch, I watch later on in the game, and he uses that rod all the time, and he keeps coming back to talk about how great it is to have this mm-hmm. rod. You know, so it's funny that a steel rod gets so much use in this game. I mean, when you boil the game down to, as an adventure game, all right, because we, yes, do you shoot in this game? Yes, okay, but I mean, don't kid yourself. This is not uh, Doom or something. I mean, the the really the shooting elements, this are, if it was me, I wouldn't have put them in, I don't think, because I know for I know a lot of people don't like to mix their genres on this, okay? Or I would have had some kind of option to just not to turn them off, okay? I know why they're there, and there are certain parts of the game where the adventure parts and the shooting parts overlap. That's you know what I'm saying where you have to mm-hmm. you have to have certain items to get past certain elements of the game that require. Yeah, for you example, shoot. there's there's a very cool thing early on in the game where you have to fight this big robot flying drone thing, yeah. right? Whenever you go into the scene where this robot is, it starts shooting at you, and you can fire on it, but there's no way that you can possibly kill this thing before it kills you. Yeah. Okay. So what you have to do is you have to get a holographic, uh, you know, holographic construction kit, right? And you've got to set that up and put an ID card in it. And then when you set it up, there's a hologram of you that appears, you know, Star Wars style, and it mirrors your movements. And the, the drone starts firing on that. And again, you know, there's a, there was a lot of, of care that went into making that hologram sort of mirror your movements and all that stuff. And I thought, you know, that was really the first time that I was like, man, this game is doing something special with this genre. Because, you know, they could have easily phoned so much of this stuff in. The more games we talk about, the more I admire uh, developers that just sort of go the extra mile. You yeah. know, and, and, and do stuff that they don't have to do. And this game is full of that stuff. We both like it. We both like the other game, uh, the Wasted uh, Wasted Dreams. Wasted Dreams. Mm-hmm. And it was for a similar reason. We, I mean, because it, it's this game. I mean, listen, you're it's one of those games you're probably going to like it or you're not. All right. You're, you're either going to humor is going to get you or it's not. The gameplay is going to hit you or it's not. Uh, but. Uh, you're right. They went their own way. There's really the only other game like this is the other game. <laughs> That's it. And both games are different than anything you're going to play. I like the simple, uh, just like last time, I like the simple interface for the uh, stuff. They added the squad thing. I like that. I like I like almost all that. Now, when you get to the adventure game proper, it's still got stuff in it that I couldn't figure out. It took me forever to figure out the water trick. And I and I with the stones or the no, picking at the up the water. the very beginning, where you had to pour oh, yeah. water on that thing, it took me forever. And finally, I and believe it or not, I did figure that one out on my own before I had to start cheating. Well, this game anywhere. has a very interesting. You're using a combination. The game is controlled by the joystick, but you have to have the keyboard on hand because yeah. you have to have the keyboard to use items. So, for example, when you pick up an item. Uh, it's selected. You see the name of the item uh, underneath the screen. Uh, you can scroll through your inventory to select different items. You hit shift and you hit left and right. But then to actually use the item, not use it on something else, but actually use it in the environment, you have to go up to uh, you have to go up to whatever you want to use it on and hit enter. Hit enter. That took and, me a little while to figure out. I'm yeah, it's lie. it's not the most intuitive thing. Same thing when you leave a scene. You don't just walk out of a scene and go into the next one. Yeah. You have to walk until you see an icon in the corner that shows a guy running. Stop 
and then hit that direction one more time. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I but think they did that. Once you figure it out, you're golden. I think they did that to make sure you didn't accidentally leave a scene yeah. while you're pixel hunting or whatever. But, I mean, it's just little quirks like that. And once you figure them out, it's fine. Yeah. But it's, you know, they, they're just little quirks. I would know? go more than fine. I think that's, that's good. I like yeah. I like that stuff. I like the, uh, uh, I like what they built in there to help you. Uh, really, the only bad things I, I like to, this is a game that tries really hard to be funny. And it's one of the few games that's actually, I thought it was pretty funny, if I'm honest. I, thought, I, I can't tell you the number of times I chuckled. I thought it was, there was some good, it's not, not every joke hits, but a lot of them do that are pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's a stupid humor. Yeah. You know, it's funny. And then, yeah. uh, uh, I guess the only knocks against, like I said, I wouldn't, it, I don't necessarily like to have the adventure and the action mixed, but I mean, it is different. I also, from looking at a playthrough of the game, you, it's not what I would call super duper long game, but I mean, I don't think it's criminally short. And also this is a playthrough where the guy knew what he was doing. So it's going to take you far longer than it took that. Oh guy. yeah. This is a game that will reward you in the time that it, and it's not, here's the thing. There is one section at the end of the game. That's your classic stupid maze sequence. We saw this in Indiana Jones. Yeah. It happens in a lot of adventure games and it's completely unnecessary. They do it to pad the length of the game and it's dumb. Okay. So you just got to know, no going in. If you're going to take on Codename Hell Squad, that there is one of those sequences yeah. where it's a it's a maze. You're inside. It looks like you're inside the belly of the beast. It's one of those weird H.R. Geiger nightmare type things. Yeah. Um, but if you get so that just far, know that you're that's in, it for in there. The long haul, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. If you've made it that far, you yeah. probably you probably don't care. The ending of this game makes no sense. It sucks. The ending is no um, good. Yeah, it's horrible. So prepare yourself for that. Yeah. It's so unfortunate because the rest of the game is just, I mean, it's beautiful to look at. Like you said, it's funny. Uh, I think the none of the puzzles that I saw as I was watching a playthrough seemed to be ultra, ultra hard. Um, and uh, it's it's such a shame they put all this time into it. And then when they got to the ending, they, it's almost like they didn't know what to do. Uh, something tells me that the ending of this was done by the same people that did the beginning. You know, mm -hmm. that was maybe something they kind of tacked on. Just tacked uh, on, And yeah. so they were like, well, you know, there you go. But that shouldn't deter anyone from giving this thing a whirl. Uh, I, uh, um, I'll be honest with you. I thought this was going to be double garbage. <laughs> I mean, I watched that opening. I was just like, this is... Ed Wood would have scoffed at this thing. Well, yeah, I, I didn't know what to expect. No, you I know? didn't expect that. I just that. fired it up and I... Yeah, yeah. It's and worth so... the price of admission just for that. Just the... Yeah. Because that's funny. <laughs> but uh, behind all that stupidity, you got something here, uh, Boat. And uh, I was interested to see how this thing reviewed. Guess what? Not a lot of people were reviewing the game from 2000. Uh, but it did get uh, a lemon uh, score of 7.13. I think that's pretty fair. That uh, seems low. Uh, that the, uh, seems low to me. Amiga Active gave this 3 out of 4 stars. Our buddies Oblidgement uh, reviewed this in March 2001. They gave it a 75. Uh, and the people over at the good old days uh, gave this a 2 out of 6. Full burial on this. Ooh, burial. Did you get any sweet, sweet Discord action on this? We did. Oh. We did. We got we got a review from our buddy Bumface Poohands. Of course. Uh, he says, we often hear of 94, 95 being the late release years for the Amiga. But here's a game released in the year 2000, the same year the PS2 hit the shops. It's not hard to see why this is considered the last commercial release for the Amiga. 
Even those of us with souped-up Amigas with CD-ROM drives would unlikely to have picked this up back in the day, and speaking on their behalf, I don't regret this at all. This game can't tell if it wants to be Flashback or Monkey Island, and it borrows heavily from both. I think you even hear some sounds nicked straight from Flashback, and the grunts of your poor victims seem straight out of cannon fodder. But sadly, it really doesn't have any of the charm of any game in either genre it's trying to be. The puzzling is fairly basic and mainly hampered by an overcomplicated control system. This control system also means gaining any enjoyment from the combat is nigh on impossible as well. I feel like this game did have some potential. If you ignore the pointless intro, then graphically it's actually not bad, but again, not a patch on Monkey Island even 10 years its senior. Nearly 10 years its senior. Once I'd got past the controls, I did manage to eke some enjoyment out of exploring this alien planet. It is an alien planet, right? I couldn't make any sense of the story. But really, there's very little reason to play this when Monkey Island and Flashback already exist. Bumface Poohan's rating, bum. You know, he I, didn't like it. I don't think this has anything to do with Monkey Island or Flashback. I, I knew someone was going to make those comparisons, and I don't get it. Because Monkey Island is a whole different type of game. By the way, I love the interface in this. It's so I thought it was real good. Like I said, I'm surprised that he buried the graphics. I'm so I thought the graphics were top shelf. So clearly, you know, I here's the thing. I I think just like I think just like you said, some people really don't like it when when people try and mix genres because oftentimes when you mix genres, you you don't do either one very well. Yeah. Um. And, but I would rather see something unique. Well, also yeah. the I mean the combat in this I was like, oh, we don't need it, and you don't need it. But I mean, it it's. It's not hard. It's not hard. No, to get and, and it is. Down. I mean, like the way because it's controlled with the joystick. I mean, you're basically holding the button down and just sort of moving the control pad around yeah. until it locks onto an enemy. Um, um, for clarification, it, 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 oh, go ahead, boat. It wasn't necessary. You're right. The combat is completely unnecessary, but it does break up the usual monotony of just picking up items, talking to people, and using items on other things. Yeah, and I will say this: uh, don't be fooled. Because this has nothing to do with flashback type gameplay. I, yeah. It's all this is a graphic adventure with a with a with a an interesting joystick based interface. That's what you got here. This got you're not going to be. This is an action arcade time uh, boat. Not at all. Is that the only one we got? That's the only one we got. Well, this at least week. someone. Hey, at least Bum uh, had a had the uh, uh, common decency to give it a whirl boat. I appreciate him getting in there, man. Uh, by the way, I, uh, who was it on Discord that turned us on to the HDF file? That was a that was a lifesaver. Pajaco, yeah, Pajaco, thank, thank you, you Pajaco. Because that was that was that made it easy money. This I ran this on two different items and it worked great on both of them. It worked. I played it on uh, I played it on Amiga Forever and on the Mister and it worked fine. You have any problems on the Mister at all? I'm sure that's where you none, played it. Yeah, none worked perfect. Uh, no eBay on this. I, I I so I'm gonna assume number one that this was release somewhere and number two that it's exceedingly rare because i could not find any pricing on it at all boat so overall listen give it a shot for yourself if, if the humor if it works for you if the interface works for you if you were at all in the wasted dreams i think you'll get a kick out of this i th actually i think i think i like this more than wasted dreams if I, if I want me too truth. me too i i think that this was an evolution of that kind of game and uh, I enjoyed this one more than Wasted Dreams, and I like Wasted Dreams. Who'd have thunk so. it, Boat? I wasn't sure where you were going to fall on this, my friend. So there, it, we, it's funny. I guess this we were definitely outside the norm of this because I heard a lot of people hating on it. So there you go. Yeah, well, there you go. 
<laughs> All right, Aaron, it's time to leave Codename Hell Squad and dive into the old community updates. We do have one very important community update. Uh, one of our tried and true members, the Amigos community, uh, Edvin Helen, has been down with uh, with the sickness uh, this past couple of weeks. It's been a rough go of it for him, and so we just want to give him a shout out. Edvin, we're thinking of you. We are glad you're recovering well, and we can't wait till you're back in the man cave, opening up a cold one. Yeah, man, get back to making those suds, brother. We miss mm-hmm. you, and we hope you feel better soon, man. All right, Aaron, what's been going on on our YouTube channel this week? You may have heard, Boat, but we got a little bit crazy, we got a little bit wacky, and bam, it's live Amigos from Boat Fest. We just, we just recorded it last week, and we just released it uh, a couple days ago. We came out late, so we get to talk about this one while we're recording the next one. Uh, if you haven't seen this yet, listen, if you want an Amigos with a different flavor, uh, just watch me and Boat in front of a live crowd. Don't worry, we still screw up and make the same dumb mistakes. <laughs> we still had to redo the, the beginning. We still fight, and we st- <laughs> and we get ridiculed. Also, I did learn that everyone in the crowd doesn't know anything about games. Uh, just because they, <laughs> they came to the microphone and said the dumbest crap I'd ever heard, but it was still a lot of fun uh, working live in front of a crowd. It's my first time, Boat. I know you've done it a couple times, but I never have gotten around to doing that, so that was kind of fun. Uh, we had a good time. Any thoughts on the old uh, that you know, want to share? Before well, we I'll tell you, show? you know, if you are normally an audio um, consumer of Amigos, you might want to check out the video version of this yeah. one just so you can see uh, the BoatFest audience and members approaching the mic and uh, and giving their delivering their hot takes on Lionheart. By the way, we talked about Lionheart, which is, you know, uh, one of the classic uh, Amigos titles. We we come back to it time after time. It's one of the standard bearers of Aaron's yeah. Amiga catalog. A handsome group uh, we had there, Boat. If you look at that, mm-hmm. look right here. There's a uh, Mr. Cola who uh, who spewed lies at the microphone about Lionheart, but still <laughs> appreciate coming out. So, and I see a lot of our favorites in there. So we had a good time. We'll talk more about that on the uh, on this uh, upcoming show. But yeah, that, if you want to check that out, it's up Lionheart live for Bofest. Uh, speaking of live from Boat Fest, myself and the brand decided to do something uh, at Boat Fest, and so we kind of saw ARG presents at Boat Fest. I called this episode the Wheel of Misfortune Boat because the brand had this cunning plan to spin the wheel randomly and talk about random subjects. I'm still not one hundred percent sure what we were doing, but by God, <laughs> we did something, and we got some. You talked about it. random subjects, yeah, and I and every time I was getting ready to make an awesome all time awesome point, the Brit would cut me off like a jerk. So uh, <laughs> the audience loved it; they loved know, it. Well, I'm glad they did. So anyway, if you want to watch, this is another one very very unusual. ARG presents. <laughs> uh, if you feel froggy. Uh, give this one a whirl. We had a good time in front of the live crowd. I had a real good time with that one, Boat. Um, that's all we've got on the main channel. If you want to scoot over to the Amigos Stream Team channel, uh, we have got two uh, uh, shows on here, both from the Boat Fest, and both are Jeopardy. Jeopardy Day 1 and Jeopardy Day 2. Boat, tell them what you cooked up here. This was quite brilliant, if I may say. So this was this was literally, you know, Boat Fest was on um, on uh, Friday, right? Uh, Friday and Saturday. On Wednesday <laughs> and night, Thursday and Sunday, it just kept going. On, on Wednesday, it was no, it was Wednesday morning. I was just, you know, doing nothing online, and all of a sudden, it came to me. Is there is there an, is there a platform online for Jeopardy? Because you know, whenever I go to Ireland, I always host the great uh, Amiga trivia contest. 
And uh, of course, famously, at Classic Gaming Expo in 2003, I won the Jeopardy competition there. Which, that's stunning. Uh, Was that about yeah. classic computing? Yeah, it's weird, not about right? Amiga, right? Because so, hardware. Um, <laughs> so anyway, uh, the... Uh, I found this this site called Jeopardy Labs, and I uh, went ahead and paid for a license, and uh, and I made a round of Jeopardy, and it didn't it, it wasn't awful. And then I was like, boy, I need to buy a buzzer, so I went on Amazon and I bought these things. They look like Fisher Price toys. Yes, they they're, they're 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 meant for the classroom, but they're the only thing I could find that was like them, and they, they actually worked. worked out pretty well. Yeah, they, they worked. worked out pretty well. So uh, we had we had four contestants on day one. the The funniest part of it was probably when Flack got asked a question about himself. Yeah, uh, that was. <laughs> yes, and then ultimately went on the, to to take it to the house. I might add. So I don't know. Right. Right. Um, and then, uh, of course, we had another day. Day two was filled with uh, videos from uh, Amigos fans uh, from across the pond who submitted video questions, which were very good. Yeah, that was great. So, uh, that was a real good idea, yeah. Bo. Uh, so if you want to check out some uh, BoatFest Jeopardy, both days are now available on the Amigos stream team. That was fun. And what was not fun is when you came to me at the 11th hour and said, listen, I need a background for Jeopardy. I was like, <laughs> But it all worked it out. did well. And what did the well. amazing thing is, Given our track record, it went without a hitch. Go figure. So, yeah, a lot of fun. I'm sure we'll bring that one back next year. I, I've already oh, yeah. proposed another game to play next year. I'm dying to try that one out. So that should be that should be fun. That is all we've got. I will say uh, I will be doing a, uh, a live stream Friday at 8.30 this week. I'm getting, ba getting back into the game, Boat. So we're going to start stocking the Amiga stream team back up with goodies. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, Aaron... It is time to play everybody's favorite game, the Patreon Song Challenge. Oh. Now, of course, last week, everyone participated in the Patreon Song Challenge at Boat Fest yeah. as we all sang Country Roads to the uh the uh to all of the patrons so that was a, it was a special moment it was interesting watching the stream after the fact as when we started singing it not everybody was sure what we were doing but once we got to the chorus everybody everybody sprung into action so i got a cool. note from the governor requesting that we never do that again boat I, <laughs> I only listen to baby dog i don't listen to jim so uh, Aaron, this week we have a, a special challenge. If you know the answer to this week's Patreon song challenge, please send me an email at john at amigospodcast.com and I will announce you as a winner on next week's episode. Don't so announce it go. in the room. Here we go. I'll announce it in the room. Pack Billy, Rob McDavid, Howard Price, Jazz Dog, Daniel James Miller, our typer, bum faced poo hands, Chris Edwards, Petzl Alarm, Albert Kemp, we like what we like, Mr. Chip. Peter Price, Herman V, Waterly Chesham, Mark Richardson, David Hearn, Ram, okay, Ram, okay, David Terrace, Jude Carlos, Matthew Mobius, Venom Magnus, Seth Yates, Alistair Fiend, David Z, George Rosansky, The Amiga Show, Daniel Crabtree, Super Famicom, Crazy Loomis, William Venter, Scar, Heavy Systems, Inc., Buddy Frag, Lord Mark Byland, Olaf Hope, Alien Breeder, Dave Velociraptor, Calbert Boy, Daniel Williams, Luke Hudson, Bomb, The Base Frodo, and El Sol Incisor, Tech Mage, Jurgen Mysticola, Bernard Lucas, Jerry Dennington, Zorglob Reflection, Simon Letts, Captain Crispy, 
kilobytes and caffeine. Gary Heather, free lunch. Kate Fox, David Pickford, Cameron Armstrong, Annie Jones, Lobsterminator, Tim Mitamiga, Retro Casper, Quinn, RMC, Tim Drew, Joseph Harrison, Kyle Letter, Rob O'Hara, Matthew Lara, Moore, Andy Craig, Sean Zobach, Bid, Roland Burke, and amongst you, the zombie leaf killer. Alan Kebab, Chokete Level, Lord John Marshall, Matthew Perron, Creepy Dead Boy, Vicky CDZ, The Slow Norris, Stefan Swargod, Mortensen, Edvin, Helen, Christopher Hassel, Rickis, Foles, Laura Giroux, Graham Bibke, Adam Battersby, O'Brien's Retro and Vintage, Gary Hucker, Paul Harrington, Duncan Styles, Taves from the Crib, Josh Nan, Adam Bradley, Jonas Rulo, THE Eric Nelson, Darren Coles, A. Onyo Bingston, Jason Warren's Pixels at Dawn, and Kjolbjorn Barman. Beautiful. It worked out perfectly. Thank you. <laughs> Even I knew that one. That's the least offensive thing you've ever done, Boat. Well, thank you. That means a lot to it's me. It's still crap, but it was late. We also want to thank our Twitch subscribers mm, that tune in every Friday night to watch us, unless we're taped on Thursday like we are tonight. We want to thank Red R. Typer, Retro Jerry, Wishbone, Jigglebox, Mitsuyama, Paul Kitching, Edvin Helen, the Pixel Rages, Wing Chun Wolf, Amiga Live, Gerardo Toxisigo, Proxity, Explorer, L. Curtis Boyle. All hail. Blue Train, Lamasta, Negsol, Chris Edwards Restoration, Pixels at Dawn Gaming, Jason Warns, Luminate 08, Thurso Bard. Data Ombre, Brother Bill, RetroRewind.ca, Paco Take, Uber Scuba Diver, Holy Guacamole, Real Retro Dude, Blow Jellyfish, Imkron, Yolo Wookie, Spin, Spin, Spinny, 108, had a hard time with that one, Monza Mess, Pajaco 6502, Beach Bum 7, Still Adolescing, Amy Steph, Texas Foosballer, Daw Crabs, MTG, Darkwing 602, Oil of Hope, Eeyore 4077, Proto and L, Steve Burtz, Mash Pie, and Twilight Zoner. I like Data Ombre. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah, Data Ombre is a grad name. Yeah, I love that's that. That's a cool team. name. All right, man. It's time to talk about what we're going to play next week. Fired up, but here we go. And the winner is. Rock and Roll. Rock and Roll. Oh, boy. This is Rainbow Arts. This is the same company that did Turkin. Yeah. Boat's a little bit country. I'm a little bit Ooh. rock and roll. That's true. Together we are Garth Brooks. No, we are. We, we're the Osmonds, boat. It's the Osmonds. <laughs> all right, Aaron. Let's take this thing to the house, shall we? Yes, under the house. Thank you all so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Until then, adios. Adios.